This podcast is brought to you with support from The Big Idea, New Zealand's online hub for creative people. The Big Idea aims to support talented, innovative individuals and organisations and advocates for creativity as an essential ingredient in the cultural and economic wealth of New Zealand. Their website is thebigidea.nz. Welcome to Don't Give Up Your Day Job. Kia ora. Welcome, hello. The podcast, the only podcast you need. And, and not only that, it's probably the only Christmas episode podcast you ever need. I don't even think anyone else does Christmas episodes. No, it's lame. I think we're probably the first people to ever do anything to do with Christmas <laughs> in media anywhere ever. Except for Coca-Cola, who invented Christmas. They invented Christmas and they invented Santa Claus. That's right. Do you know Which- much about that history? Um, oh, so much. I know so much about it. <laughs> Does it involve aliens on 9-11? Uh, it could, right. but no, no, we haven't got time to go into that. Right. But the, the whole, that commercial, um, the commercialization of the, the um, birth of Christ yeah. uh, is the reason why we're not having any sponsors for this episode, because we're, it's, you don't do that at Christmas, it doesn't feel right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we're taking a hit. For the yep. sake of the listeners. We're not yep. getting paid for this one. No, for the sake of baby Jesus, <laughs> we're going to take a hit. <laughs> so uh, on today's episode, we have uh, a few different guests and we also have some retrospective stuff. We're talking to Alistair from the band LA. Yes. Um, we're talking to Molly Rollinson from Molly and the Chromatics, who are an up-and-coming original band who are touring the country at the moment. Excellent. And, and- we're talking to... Brandon Dickett. And uh, he is the drummer from uh, St. Ferris. Yeah, who we had on episode seven. Yeah. And uh, we thought we'll talk to him again because there's a couple of subjects that you're particularly interested in talking to him about. Yeah, that I saw on his Facebook feed um, that he seemed quite passionate about. And, 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 you know, there's no secret that I think Trump is a fucking idiot yeah. and and he's done some things or or he's uh looking to bring some things into the states that will affect uh, musicians quite right. deeply so it'd be it'd be a good time to catch up with brandon because we spoke to him last you know when we started the podcast a couple of years ago mm. since then trump's come in a lot of things have changed um yeah. i was over there hanging out with brandon at the time of the inauguration and yeah. um and he he was you know has is a very passionate person in regards to that yeah. subject, which okay. would fair enough too. Yeah. Um. And so it'll, you know now it's been another almost a year. So right. Be, so we'll see how see where he is with on, on from there. Yeah. But w- even though we don't have an an advert for this uh, episode, we we have had sponsors throughout the year who have right um, made this all possible. So we're we're very grateful for them. So we'll rattle those names off now and give them a bit of a freebie. We won't, we're not going to go into the whole thing about what they do. If you want to know that, go back and listen to the episodes. But um, who are some of the um, sponsors from this year? Well, let's take turns, shall we? Okay. Well, I- I'll say the first one. The all first right. the first one is Nick Portman, good friend of ours. Uh, and he is a producer and engineer based in LA, and his website is www.nickportman.com, and Portman is spelled with two O's. So that's N-I-C-K-P-O-O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Excellent. And, of course, we've had Tom Stanley um, at Stonefield Music, and he has sponsored um, quite a few episodes this yes. year, and he's come back on board again. So we're really grateful for Tom, uh, www.stonefieldmusic.com. Right. We also have Right Side of the Tracks, which is a, a practice album, um, a live band uh, who have recorded this album with, with no um, a lot of instruments so that you can jam over it and practice your scales or whatever you want to do. Um, the website for that is musicpracticetracks.bandcamp.com. 
And uh, Mark Rains, uh, Rains, Gibson and Matthews Accountants, they were our very first sponsors yep. way back in the day. Um, www.rgmaccountants.co.nz. That's right. And uh, one of our partners in crime and, um, and long supporters now is The Big Idea, um, which is one of New Zealand's um, biggest creative online hubs mm. and their website is thebigidea.nz and a special thanks to them because they feature every episode um, and yep. they have an article about each guest and you know their support is really much appreciated and if you do have a chance go and check out the website um, you can get lost in there for hours if you're a creative person yeah and here we are at the end of the year Danny um, what second, a year it's our been. second year is it yeah. is it really we've been doing this for two years <laughs> you should know you were there far out it doesn't <laughs> Really? It's flown by, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've done two Christmas specials. I know that yeah, much. this is the second Christmas special. Shit, okay. Well, here we are at the end of our second year. Uh, and what a year it's been. Ups and downs. Yeah. Um, you know, good things and bad things have happened. I'm frankly quite looking forward to seeing the, the arse end of 2017 and <laughs> yeah. bring on 2018. It's been be a honest. pretty heavy year for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it has. Yeah. Um, but there have been some great things too. And, and, and this kind of... Uh, this podcast has been a, a beacon of um, hope, really. Mm. Not, not just for me, for the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it is a really, uh, it is a really uplifting thing to do. I find, you know. Yeah, you leave here yeah. on a bit of a high, eh? having yeah. spoken to passionate um, and uh, p- passionate people who are um, great experts at what they do, subject matter yeah. experts. You know, so. absolutely. Yep. Couldn't hope for better than that, having conversations with cool people. I mean, I, I guess from a selfish point of view, you know, we get so much out of it just doing it ourselves because we're we're in the company of people who who are experts at what they do and they're they've got their head right. I mean, they're they're getting the results. You yeah. Know, and and that's sort of all. It's, it's one of those things about being around the right people and that their energy rubs off on you a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it, look, it, what I've discovered from doing this is that everybody has a story to tell. That's right. And a lot of people are thinking that their story isn't that interesting or they don't have anything interesting to say. Yeah. And it turns out that they probably are, you know, the more interesting... Some of the more interesting people. ...people that we've talked to <laughs> in a lot of ways, like Tom Stanley, you know, the, I could have talked for hours about Antarctica and what it's like to be down there yeah, exactly. on the ice. Well, on the last Christmas special, uh, we went and listened to some old tracks from the from, from old clips from the year prior. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we thought we'd do that again. So we set up some, some of... Both of our favourite moments, little clips, yeah, yeah. So the first one that you brought up was um, Scotty Pearson, mm. and um, well, it was the immigration thing, right? Yeah, uh, about and the reason I um, gravitated towards that is because we had a very similar experience. <laughs> well, in that we had immigration problems, and that it just it also came around and bit me in the ass recently going overseas again. So right, um, yeah, I like this story. So they knew my history; they'd seen me play. And they, um, and then I arrived back with my tail between my legs. Like, I stayed in the in the states for two years, basically with on a six months visitors visa. Yeah. Ooh. And then I left and tried to go back. And when I go when I got back to Miami, we'd played a festival uh, in Brazil, and then decided to fly Brazil, New Zealand, uh-huh. and then back to Brazil, played again, and then flew back to Miami. And I get to Miami and the bang go through and I don't I get flagged I get taken out the back got the pat down got the oh this is LMNOP or the national thing right and um, so I'm so I'm back my whole life's over there got car got a got a flat you know flat my clothes everything's over there I just come home for a month's holiday yeah trying to get my visa sorted while I was here because you actually can't you're supposed to sort them 
um, you can't sort them out while you're in, in a, you have States. to be in your ha- yeah. a home country yeah. to sort it out right. and get, a, get a water there and then you, then you go but anyway it didn't happen so I took a punt and I, it failed so <laughs> next thing I'm back um, with my builders belt, belt on digging ditches digging footings and, <laughs> and is that you done with the states now you can't ever go back no I, I can but I have to get a v- I have to have a visa I can't right. go on but a, you guys have played south by southwest yeah you? so I had trouble even then I'm oh, right. flagged forever for my whole life now I get flagged right but I've been back now a few times as long as you have the right documents so you and, get the yeah. rubber glove treatment every time you go over there close yeah oh, that, yeah. the time I did south by yeah, I got the full on the band oh. the band were trying to find someone else I, I was four hours before I got out of the airport Whoa. <laughs> like I said, that those sorts of situations can be so distressing. He was four hours um, in that South by Southwest time, but we were ten or twelve hours right. stuck at Heathrow. Were you actually held in a in a cell or a room or something? Or like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I'll I'll say, tell the story again. Yeah. Um. So we'd got to to London Heathrow, and mm. we didn't have work permits. Right. Not that we were going to be making any money from the tour. We were doing a sort of quick. What we're calling the European tour, about four or five dates, like six yeah, dates, promo sort of thing. Yeah, and mm. um, we we didn't know that they had, were coming down hard on people. You have to have a work permit. Yeah, but we weren't taking any money out of the country. We weren't taking anybody's jobs. Right. In fact, we were putting money into the economy. You know, hotels and rentals, car rentals, equipment rental. Yeah, hiring people at the gig. But anyway, they didn't see it that way. Um, and we were stuck. In uh, you know, just by immigration, by the desk for a long time, and they said, "Oh, you might be more comfortable in another room while we go and sort this out through this." <laughs> we we thought that that was, "Oh, okay, they just want to make us more comfortable." Yeah, oh, that's nice. Isn't and it? it was actually a detention center. You had to get your. <laughs> we got our photos taken. We got the face this way, face that way, um, <laughs> fingerprints done, and then we got stuck in this room with you know a bunch of probable probably refugees or whatever. Right. I don't know, um, and got stale sandwiches. <laughs> For lucky, 10 hours Lucky you had such a good manager eh? It was awesome <laughs> Yeah it was great Loved it Every second of it Well one of the other um, episodes I really enjoyed Was talking to, to um, Cherie Matheson And oh, yeah. we, we had mm-hmm. a we, I mean we had a long conversation So this is only a short part of it But uh, the, the subject that I've been thinking about a lot uh, recent In recent years Is the education system And how that relates to music And all these kids studying To be engineers and musicians and so on mm. And is it helping them Or is it not helping them And how does the real world of the music industry, you know, can that be bottled up into a curriculum? You yeah. Know, it's a very, very interesting questions there. So check this bit out. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious about like when you were saying before and you started taking this course, I mean, te- mm. teaching the course and you said you didn't have experience and I'm actually in some ways quite impressed that they gave you that chance because, <laughs> because, because these days it's such a mindset that one has to be qualified in something, but we come from a field where, all of us know the best people out there in our field are experienced. That's right. And many of them are unqualified. And I often notice quite a disconnection between, um, you know, for example, on the guitar, often what's taught is just plain wrong. Mm, just this plain bad technique and right. none of the greats play like that. It's also very subjective. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, how do you compare Mark Knopfler's guitar playing to Jeff Beck's? You know, they're just totally different. So how do you put a curriculum together? Well, you know, you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head because I think the struggle w- with the institutions is because you need some kind of rubric and accountability. Right, and consistency. And consistency. Yeah. I mean, obviously education is important, has its place. Yeah. Um, it just makes me think that it needs to be maybe delivered differently. You know, like like this is how it's been done. This is the way that person sang or played. But this, 
doesn't mean you have to do it that way. Well, I mean, you know, Sir Ken, Sir Ken Robinson, I see, um, <laughs> you know, the education guru talks about, you know, he's talking about arts and creative approaches to teaching and we could probably yeah. take a leaf out of that book and, and take a page out of his book as well, I guess, and make it even more free. I, I don't know. How do you do that? How but, do you make it free but give context? But, I, you know. I, my opinion is that you speak retrospectively rather than setting up a template. Right. Instead of saying, this is what you must go forward and do, you simply say, this is what worked for the Beatles at that time in history. Or this is what worked for this band at, in that country, in that culture, in that time of history. Nice. And try and learn from that. I mean, that's why I, I agree with you. I think that these techniques and, and the curriculum, if you like, it's, it's more of a tool to get you to a solution yeah. or a tool to communicate or a tool to open up your, your creativity. You nailed it. But it's not a rule. That's exactly it. Yeah. And that, I think that's the most important thing is that you just have to... Ha- know all the well not all the options but know more than just one or two options yeah, yeah. and be able to utilize them to express what you want to say right. or get you know the sound that you want to make or, i remember when i was a kid i had a goal i developed a goal after a few years of playing where i wanted my hands to catch up with my ideas wow that's cool mm. it was a cool idea but i don't think i ever got anywhere near it <laughs> <laughs> and as as my hands got more coordinated on the instruments, of course, my ideas got more advanced. No, but, but it was a, but it was an interesting way to chase the. That's awesome. You know, that, that's yeah. why upskilling musical knowledge for me was more of a curiosity. I know. think that's the best for me. Again, there's mm. no wrong or right, but I believe that that's the best thing because when you're passionately curious about something, you you kind of chase it, right. you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's not a chore then. Um, you're, yeah, you've got a pretty cool mind. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, Bobby? Right yeah. down. <laughs> Spend a few more hours with him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love talking to Sheree. What a great conversation that was. Yeah, she's awesome. And that's we could say that about everybody we've talked to in this last two years. But yeah, amazing. Uh, one thing I love about our industry is that it, it includes... Such a it's, a, it's a different type of intelligence, but it's a you know they talk about the seven types of intelligence and how the academic type of intelligence is only one type, you know. Right. And so many of us didn't necessarily do well academically. Yeah. Why are you looking at me? Fuck you. <laughs> oh, I suppose it's because you're talking to me. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but you know, some of the some of the most interesting and and profound people I've ever met have been in the music industry. Yeah, have been morons. I mean, yes, <laughs> in the music industry. Yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, that's that kind of uh, difference between wisdom and um, so being knowledgeable Not, and, or yeah. having wisdom. So another episode I loved was uh, at the start of the year we talked to Dave Eringer and Guy Massey, mm. and just this one particular bit stayed with me about studio etiquette. Oh yes, okay. I guess I don't know. It was, it was sort of beaten into a little bit. That etiquette is so important in yeah. the studio, and yeah. you know, you you you're never a big noise at all. Or I, I definitely was a bit of a you know a wallflower in that sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes you would you would work with people who you know you're either a big fan of or have a reputation and. Um, yeah, you just I guess it was the whole swan effect. You know, you tried to be as cool as on the surface as possible, but maybe yeah. underneath you were shit in your pants. So like disengaging with the kind of fanboy side is a requirement almost to psychologically be able to get through and also fit in. I guess yeah, so, so because sometimes if you're a huge fanboy, you always say yes. Yeah, 
and and that's so not, not good for, objective for making. For well, the way I was, the way I, guess, I was taught know? with etiquette um, was that you never say you, as a tape up. We're talking like, mm, right. not, not as a producer or engineer. This is uh-huh. a very very distinct line. Absolutely, but yeah. you, ne- you never said that you liked something even oh, okay. because when it came to the next song, if you didn't say you liked it, <laughs> All right. then the artist was thinking. And that you know he hates this, yeah. and that's a bad vibe in the room. Yeah, mm. yeah, of course. Mm. That's such a good point. Yeah, can you relate yeah. to that? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're yeah. you're in a fragile state when you're you know pouring your heart into yeah. something like that. And yeah. and when you're playing, you don't know what it sounds like, really. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you, know, you, no. you play and you kind of go, was that good? Am yeah. I on the right track? And if you're not hearing anything, yeah, is that does that mean you're in trouble? Or and if you look through the window and they're all muttering to each other, but they haven't pressed the, 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 the talk, talk button, back. yeah, right. you're like, what are they saying? Yeah, and you just yeah. start to imagine that they're going, fuck, that was terrible. Yeah, how do we tell thing. them that was just fucking terrible? And then they, they could be just putting in a coffee order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the next thing they go, oh yeah, we've got to talk to this drummer. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was all right. Uh, could you start again? Uh, you know, from the from the chorus, and you're thinking, oh fuck, they hated everything up to the chorus. <laughs> So yeah. Well, we should talk to our first guests. Okay then, if you want to. I mean, don't have to. I'm having fun doing this retrospect. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. more to come. Okay, good. We'll get back to some more later. Excellent. Our first guests are Alistair and Jaden from an up and coming band called LA, which is not spelled like the city. It's spelled A L A E. Are you sure that's how it's pronounced? Yes. Okay. I am sure that's how it's pronounced. Cool. <laughs> why I just you, wanted to check. Why are you questioning me? That doesn't sound like that if you read it off the paper. Alay. Alay. Alayhi. No. A lie, a lie, a lie. So, a lie. but it is L A. Is that how you? Well, that's how they keep. Well, that's how I've heard it oh, when, okay. when they've mentioned it. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess we can ask Jaden and Alistair. That way, <laughs> you can. <laughs> let's make that so your Alistair. first question. <laughs> All right, let's talk to them. Okay. Don't give up your day job. Alistair and Jaden from L A. Right? Is that how you pronounce it? We had this discussion before. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it doesn't read like that. Well, if you've not come across the name before, how did it? Or if like, if like Bobby, you didn't finish school, it doesn't read like that. <laughs> I didn't finish school either. So. <laughs> and uh, so you guys have been together for how long? Tell us a little bit more about the band. Um, let's start off with Alex and I sort of meeting in that classic college sort of sense, where um, everyone's just experimenting with music and trying to find the genre they enjoy. Yeah. Um, so we uh, had quite similar music tastes. Uh, really into our sort of alternative. We like to say alternative, you know, when you're that kid that you think you got the music, that's really cool. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everyone <laughs> thinks that. But um, really like sort of Ryan Adams, Josh Rouse, nice. Damien Rice, songwriters, you know, lots of lyrical content. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we started playing together as a group probably 2012. Mm-hmm. So um, how does that mesh, how does that singer-songwriter thing mesh with being in a band thing? Because there's sort of, there are two different approaches, aren't there, to the... Yeah, it's it's a funny one. It's I think that's kind of how we came together as a group because Alex is a, a freaking awesome songwriter, right. Right. and I suck at writing lyrics. Right. I cannot do it to save myself. Yeah, but uh, you know I'm all about melodies, and I've uh, done heaps of uh, classical training and jazz training, and you know I'm, I'm really really like that sort of stuff. So it works well when right. we sort of bring those ideas together. Yeah, uh-huh. but. And what's your what's your instrument? What's your main um, instrument? Keys and horns. Your keys and horns. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So you're coming in with progressions and melodies as yeah. that's sort of part your part of your contribution. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's just that natural progression when you're writing music and especially listening to guys like these. Like um, another big one for us is Wilco. We love right. Wilco. We love yeah. Jeff Tweedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the way that they work with their instrumental sort of stuff and you know these um interchanging melodies and just yeah. really interesting music mm. i um so bored with commercial radio at the moment because yeah. it's just so just bland i can't even yeah. remember the last time i listened to it yeah no yeah, never. it's crazy it doesn't even cross my mind so yeah so what would be on your playlist then so all of those bands and and what what new music is kind of t- turning your wheels is there anything new out there in your preferred um, genre that's doing it for you i've been trying to listen to more new zealand music at the moment because yeah. I, I feel like i haven't really given it a good rap right so i went to like uh because you're in new zealand music too now yeah exactly exactly <laughs> part of that but um people like jordan rakai i don't know if you know him or rakai he's a oh, yes. new yep. zealander who's in london yeah plays with like tom mish um and a bunch of other guys but he's really cool he's more sort of jazz hip-hop going yeah. to neo soul style stuff mm. but um yeah yeah that's kind of what's ticking my clock at the moment oh, and, and when you started you're a duo right yeah for sure yeah it seems to be a, a new trend in the last sort of 10 years that the, the standard band lineup seems to have changed. It's like everyone's mm. sort of throwing it out the window and it's like, we don't have to have the conventional lineup anymore. We can, you know, we can have a couple of melodic instruments and, and have a, mm. a sampled sec- a rhythm section or whatever, you know. But, was yeah, that, was that a, every, even a conversation or did you just sort of follow your nose on that thing? I, I find Ableton and all those things kind of hard. Yeah. I find it really hard work and I'm, I'm way more for just like trying to master the instrument. It's like mm. for us at the moment, we don't really have enough money for a bass player. Right. So I end up having to play bass and keys at the same time. Yeah. And it's just that sort of thing of like, if we can play it live, then we should. Mm. Whereas mm. just like, you know, you, you, you see all these concerts and I just love watching it go wrong Right. when something's wrong or a metronome's <laughs> off and I'm just standing there being like you know yeah. you get, you're great musicians but you're looking crap now yeah. or your laptop <laughs> crashes and then <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah then you're fucked yeah. Yeah. you can't do anything so yeah. it's actually a response to the kind of current music environment then yeah you could say that yeah, in a way. yeah. I mean using all the other stuff allows you to just do whatever you want yeah with one person mm. it kind of takes away from the whole music side of things yeah so we try to do as much as we can yeah like I, I saw Jack Johnson at Villa Maria last weekend and his band was so tight There's right four of them just a guy on upright and roads and then him on electric and then bass and drums and it was just so simple yeah but just so effective and so good and they all really just gelled mm. yeah. that's the type of stuff I don't care how much electronic stuff's going on like if I'm at a gig that's the stuff that's going to hit me in the chest sure yeah. it's not the computer that's got the metronome running in the you know in the background so is that- there a groundswell of those types of musicians coming through do you think that are sort of in a way rebelling against that metronomic uh, music yeah I think you could say that there's um yeah. I think the commercial side of music is kind of creeping in now for a lot of people and the kids that you know are you know have the dream to be this big rock star or pop star don't really tend to look at that so much anymore yeah right so yeah I don't know yeah. Yeah, it's all about being a YouTube star now, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah getting the most yeah. clicks. Putting all your content on the end and then being famous on online. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. how long ago did you bring yourself? Like, did Jaden join the group? Because you're more recent, right? Yeah. Um, was earlier on in the year. I don't know. Oh, only this year. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, only we year. only started jamming sort of earlier on in the year, but first gig was about six months ago. Yeah. I just got a Facebook message. Yep it was yeah we were just looking at touring and i was just sick of not having a, having like someone with me right as a rhythm section so um yeah I, we'd always been looking for someone and we'd always use session musicians for like you know recording and stuff like that but yeah. 
So we just kind of went for a look, but um, Jaden just fitted well. Yeah, I, I love that um, sort of pocket drumming. I suppose you could call it. Yeah, like we both me too. massive Nate Smith fans. Yeah, and that sort yeah. of thing, and that was yeah. just like, you know, right. that's awesome. So um, I think even though we are doing sort of what we like to call comfortable pop music. It's kind of <laughs> is like, that what you call the genre? Well, we, get, we got called a rock trio. This Kiwi year. rock trio. Yeah. So good. I was like, whoa. The was Rolling that? Stone it's too. Maybe it's a like bit off. of a stretch. But um, <laughs> right. yeah, I think in that sort of scheme. Yeah. What were they basing that on, that, that rock trio designation? When you're a trio, okay, that's pretty easy to figure out. <laughs> yeah. What's the rock, where does the rock part come from? I don't, I don't know. You I know? guess it has something to do with the new single. I like electric oh, yeah. guitars with uh, lots of delay on them. Maybe that's four to the floor drum beat. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. I don't really understand. Where can it. people hear this new single? What's it called? It's called Two Strung Up." It's okay. on most of the streaming sort of things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That was kind of a we were trying to do lots of different genres because we found that we did a, our first EP and it was six songs and they were quite similar. And right. sort of structure and um, the instrumentation and everything. So yeah, it's quite when, laid back and stuff yeah, too. We kind of decided that if we're going to do singles, we're going to do actual singles. Right. You know, things where we experiment properly, and then when we go to things like the album later on next year, we'll try to do something that's more of actually like a piece of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those things we have to fit into what people want to hear on the radio. Sure, and work around that to get your name out there. Yeah, and then right. once you've done that, you can do what you want on the album. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Got your name out there. Yeah. 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 The the idea of of trying to stick things into genres has always irritated me because I think it's a distraction from really listening to the music as a piece of art, as, mm. a, as you know what it is. I and mean, it's all very well to call something Kiwi rock or whatever, but that's sort of lumping you in with everything else. And well, it's really, kind of like, what does that even you know, mean? Exactly. What is that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And and it takes away from just listening to the song, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Um, definitely. But we on our last episode we talked to a manager um, Michelle Becker. And we're really impressed with her sort of innovative approach to managing bands and, and managing bands in a more transparent and, uh, you know, helpful and, you know, real human way. And uh, Jaden and I play together on a couple of things. And we've talked a lot about your relationship with Mikey Carpenter, mm-hmm. who's looking up to you guys. So let's get into that because it sounds like you've got a great thing going on there. Yeah, he's um, he is just a solid, solid guy who's got a real, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's got a real love for music and art and yep. just going out there and, you know, having a good time. And he's, uh, you know, from his days back in AutoZam, mm. you can see he had a lot of fun. And so, yeah, he, he works really well. He's got a really personal relationship with a lot of people. And, yep, yep. Um, Which helps yeah. so much. Mm. I think, yeah. yeah. It opens a lot of doors, eh? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. he's quite a personable person. You know, you can talk to him quite easily. Right. And I, I think that helps. How did you meet him? Rockwest actually interesting he used to direct the uh, Rockwest TV yes. show still right. does doesn't he uh, no it he doesn't, no, it doesn't make it anymore it doesn't exist anymore oh wow and TVNZ dropped the funding really okay. yeah is is, that, a, that must be a recent thing is it yeah they turned it into a web episode oh okay oh right um, must have been about what, two or three years ago that that happened I reckon mm, yeah pretty recent yeah it was <laughs> but um, yeah so but he's um, that's kind of like another awesome thing yeah. asset of his is that he has a production company with um basically it's like a full package company so they provide filmers um yeah you know directors colorists all that sort of stuff so we have that other aspect that we can use as well have you heard horror stories about other managers 
like you know for us to complement Mikey's work with you guys I, 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 do you actually have a comparison in your head of how bad it could be <laughs> oh definitely definitely right. well that the Avalanche City one was a, oh, yeah, yeah. a big one for me yeah. quite eye opening and uh, I've got a lot of young friends who are getting into the music industry and who have managers that you know they kind of latch on mm. and I'm always superstitious with that sort of stuff I'm like I don't know you know yeah. you always got to check everything with a fine tooth comb it's like why is this person interested in me right. yeah. there's got to be some sort of motive but you know. yeah what's the agenda yeah. and yeah. you know that Mikey's yeah. been through it all before he said and as an artist so he knows that how to treat an artist in a way that's kind of fair and um, with respect I suppose right yeah I guess yeah, yeah treating him treating us differently to how he probably yeah. was treated back in the day he knows yeah, yeah. knows right. how to work around and you're right like, he's a top top bloke isn't it? you can't go wrong there yeah. yeah so I wouldn't you'd never be able to if someone like him you wouldn't be able to question his motives at all really he's pretty transparent with what he wants to do and, oh definitely you know. mm-hmm. so do you get free music videos yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're <Yeah>. nodding <laughs> he does everything he does right everything. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, he's um, yeah. yeah he's good he's he uh really likes our music as well he's like a big fan which i, I think helps a lot it helps yeah because yeah. he's uh, loves it as much as we do yep. and sort of that um goes a long way for sure he's a champion for you definitely and as you say he has got all of those contacts with people and the respect of the industry so doors will open yep. yeah definitely yeah yeah sure. and you just finished a national tour a little while ago right you're yeah. you all over the place were you playing in australia as well yeah we did five shows over there yeah and then, uh latched onto the big sound festival awesome got amongst that fantastic oh, awesome yep. yeah cool to see that so many musicians together just yeah performing and so loving great. live music sort of thing yeah, definitely and what's coming up for 2018 um, well, we just found out about three weeks ago that we got funding yep. from New Zealand to do an, an album, mm-hmm. so that's pretty awesome. So I think February, we're in the lab studios for 20 days. Yep, cool. Uh, Joel Mulholland's going to do the engineering for us. Yep. Who you've already been working with, right? Yeah, yep. yeah he's done our last two singles. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah, have you great. got an album's worth of material? We do. We've actually got too much. It's got more, yeah. Yeah, we've okay. got about 18 songs, but these are, you know some of these ones were written when we were 15 years old right you know we've come back and looked at them being like man that's actually like a great song yeah sort of apply some of our later sort of feel to it but it's, a good, um, it's a good approach isn't it because we, you, it's funny how songs can change once you record them like mm. you go in thinking this song's killer but for some reason it just doesn't work mm, totally, you know it's, yeah. quite, it's quite interesting especially like lyrically I suppose Alex writing them back then yeah people probably doesn't relate to them anymore right right yeah, oh, yeah they're, they're definitely a yeah, lot of songs where he's like he'll almost be singing them and cringing he'll be like oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> how could i feel like this <laughs> so young as an angsty teenager yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot more life experience now i suppose too yeah what about um summer tour circuits are you doing any of the festivals or uh the only one we're looking at is northwest wine and foods which is with, uh fly my pretties and julia dean's Okay. which should be really fun but other than that we're kind of um, doing pre-album work yeah. in, in the studio so we're kind of a bit late to the to the boat with that sort of thing having the right. singles come out in the last sort of two months Yeah. so right. um, we'll just be looking at doing them next year and yeah. another tour next year too? yeah I think there's talk of a spring tour yeah I think sort so maybe go do deeper South Island yeah but next year I only really just touch that uh, for the first one, so yeah, awesome. Cool. Nice. Hey, thanks for coming in, and uh, I know it's been a bit of a mission to get here today, but um, we do appreciate that you've sat down and talked with us. No, yeah. Thank you very much, and all the best of luck. Best with luck with the album. The singles are amazing, so I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with. Thank you, man. Thank thank you.
Well, a huge thanks to Alistair and Jaden for popping by. It was a, it was a sort of a rushed and a stressful day for everyone. Yeah, but they, they got here. They got the here. Yeah. yeah, lots yeah. of kind of uh, unforeseen things. That happens all the time, though. You know, you've got to be yep. able to pivot and um, yep. and get things done. And, and it hasn't disrupted our recording day at all. So that was good. Thanks, guys, for organising that. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And go and check out their music because it, it, it's actually... It's actually great. Like I, you know, I mean, we don't tend to get involved with promoting music so much. No. Um, Why but... don't we check it out now? All right. Why don't we do that? Why don't we have a listen? All right. This is their new single, Too Strung Up." It's the time that I spent, the urgent suspense. It's the weight of the world, the emotions unfurl. It's trying to stay strong, but when I feel like I'm wrong, it's the turn that it took. Take a second look It's hearing the name It's the games that you play With a boy too kind To read between the Right, well, definitely keep an ear out for these guys because they're um, they're set to to do big things. Yep. And uh, that's the first time we've we've been actually given permission to use a song on the podcast. We went and got all the correct permissions. So <laughs> that's actually you... that's actually not true, isn't it? No, there was Is an episode with I believe it was with Godfrey. Yeah. Where we dropped in a song that they had recorded, like way back. Right. Do you remember that? No. Was a, yeah. Clearly not. Yeah, that was like that was an early episode. episode. Right. Was it any good? If it's Godfrey, it's Got to be all right. Of course, it was good. It was Godfrey. Yeah, <laughs> average. Yeah, um, but these guys are, are very far from average. They're they're, they're awesome, and um, keep an yep. eye out for them. Absolutely. Look look them up. Yeah. Um, another person that sort of when was this? I don't remember when we did Lucy Graves um not that long. Episode. A few months ago or something. A few yeah. months ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we reached out for her. We were trying to get her for a wee while. Yeah. And she was just very, very busy, and we can understand why. You know, when we talked to her, yeah, the amount of stuff she's got going on, and she, but she's still this laid back, you know, girl from out west. I think was it? Yeah, um, it's astonishing. Uh, a, lo- a local girl. I think she was from Avondale, maybe. Avondale. Oh no, she went to Avondale College. She, right. I think she grew up somewhere else. Right. Um, and she's, you know, she's just casually now on the Black Eyed Peas. And yeah. And um, CeeLo Green and yeah, all yeah. those guys. Eh? No, one, no one special. And I, I particularly liked the um, the chat we had about you know her taking over for for Fergie just right. casually. Yeah, when Fergie couldn't be there, and she just got up and did all of Fergie's parts. And yeah, so not only can she sing, she's an awesome keyboard player. Right. Um, or should I say, not only can she play keys. Uh, she's also a great singer. Clearly, yeah. if she can get up and do that in front of thousands of people. Yeah, let's have a listen to some of that. What's it like playing in front of of thousands and thousands of people? What was it like for the first time that that you did that? Did you freak uh, out, or is it just the same as playing to a room of two hundred people? No, it's easier to play for more people. Really? How so? Because you can't see their faces. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> no. Um. Because usually, usually, if you're playing for thousands of people, it's because they've chosen to be there for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're in a room of like 20 people, unless it is your show that they've paid for or whatever, like you're playing for some people that don't give a shit. Yeah. Right. Um, so I don't know. I find it easier to play for more people. It's 
the most incredible feeling as well yeah. to just have have people just screaming yeah <laughs> right like, i mean we just did a show in hong kong um with the peas and i was singing as well so doing right. all of um fergie's parts for this one show right no no shit um, and so afterwards, we all went out to the front of the stage, and it was just so weird. The fans—they are—they're the sweetest people. <laughs> right. I mean, the Black Eyed Peas fans are legit loyal. Yeah, and and so you say that they're really loyal. How did they feel about you doing Fergie's parts? You know, they like fine about it actually oh, i got a lot of messages afterwards on instagram going oh my gosh that was so cool we're really excited and I'm like i was just doing it for this one show <laughs> oh nice i get what she's saying about that group of 20 people compared to a group of twenty thousand. i totally do because well. you could literally kidnap 20 people and make them listen to you yeah. but twenty thousand people that's a different story <laughs> yeah, yeah and that disconnection as well that's a big thing you yeah know, when you when you're looking directly into the eyes of the people in front of you, yeah, you know you're very aware that there are humans looking right back at you. But when yeah. you look at this big sea of people, your brain just goes, "No, that's no. not real. No. Yeah, there's nothing there." <laughs> Another episode I really liked was when you talked to Alex Layton and Ryan Cooper, um, yeah. who who produced the TV show Bf or Bandits. Yeah, and 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 they talked a lot about you know the the difficulties with dealing with the big networks and and all mm. that kind of stuff. I wonder if they ever got. Um Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> we're never. We're not going to put your show on the air unless you do a little bit of, you know. <laughs> no, I won't, I won't do a bit this. of polishing. I won't make. Yeah. This. <laughs> on oh, that note, who knows? Listen. They may have been happy to do that. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. The next one we did was a uh, that Pluto. We did a video for Pluto. Pluto. Yeah, that was that, the second, and yeah. that was because um, uh, they were kind of coming up. Um, they they had a few bigger songs and we were like oh shit this could be this could be a cool opportunity and also an opportunity to really use Flash see how fast we can make something and that ended up being the three weeks yeah it took to make that entire video and then um, they shelved it um, which was nice of them um, <laughs> and uh, but they paid you I hope yeah they yes. paid us and yep. then um, it was weird days of MySpace um, they. Uh, after a few months they I think they put it up oh they put a screenshot of it up on their MySpace and then everyone was commenting like what is this, what is cool, this we want to see it and then they rang us the next day and were like hey can you guys get it to beta we were like nah mm. <laughs> you do it yeah yeah <laughs> and um yeah they they eventually released it but yeah it was a it was um the, the creating the video was 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 an interesting process just to see how fast we could do it and it really um, that, yeah. That's weird that they wouldn't I, release it. I don't get it. I don't want to. Uh, we might have to cut this bit out. I don't want to pause it while we're. But was it? Yeah. yeah. Right, there you go. <laughs> that's such a question. Have you cut, have Sh- cut do you want me to cut? Yeah. Do you want me to cut that comment out? Out probably. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really care. Because because it actually worked really well. And I asked the question. <laughs> he talked about, but I can cut that out. But then you answered my question, so I can keep that in if you want. Or uh, I could cut it all out and just keep this bit. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> A little bit of a behind the scenes moment left in there. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even remember the name of the person. Oh, I think I do, but I yeah, won't say it. Again. I think I remember who you were talking about. Yeah, right. Yeah, but there's, you know, there's been the the whole kind of unedited approach that we have, yeah. um, which is legit. I mean, we basically don't edit anything. Yeah, we let the conversations roll. We take out a few pauses and things, but um, yeah. but yeah, there's there is the odd moment we've had to cut out. Yeah, there's I mean, the odd either beat just we've put save in. someone's dignity or. 
um, or, or save their job <laughs> or, or save friendships. Well, we've yeah. taken the position, I think, from the start that we're not out to, to get anyone. You know, it's not a journalistic no. thing. It's, it's It really is just conversations. It's we're definitely not <laughs> journalistic. <laughs> yeah. But we're not a tabloid, I think. Is what, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not TMZ. We don't try and fuck people not over. Not looking for the scoop. Speaking of scoops, yeah, I'll have three scoops of uh, Rachel Lafond, please. <laughs> uh, we, how did we? Rachel approached us, didn't she, about being? I believe so. Yeah, on the show, mm. um, and it was one of those we, we didn't know what to expect with her. Right, um, we hadn't really heard much about her. I hadn't heard anything about her, but then she'd sent a link to her music. Yep. and we had a listen to it and then we got to talk to her and it was a wonderful conversation it really was yeah, insightful we, I mean she's not from New Zealand and she hasn't been here too long that's one of the reasons why we weren't familiar with her Yeah, um, and also because what she does is a little bit different to what we're used to which is, I mean, she's an instrumental pianist yeah which is why yeah. and her approach to her, her career is the, one of the reasons that we we've, exactly. we've got to talk to that lady yeah but yeah after, after she left we both said like man what a great person and yeah. what a great conversation yeah and um and yeah you reminded me about the last thing she said at the end of the episode so. oh cool if there was one last thought that you would leave with people um either about your music or any sort of uh, philosophical life view what would it be how about this <laughs> I'll throw you on the spot yes i like this how about this i challenge you all and myself to ask yourself every day what have I done to make the world a better place? And it doesn't have to be like, oh, donating time or energy or anything like that. It can be as simple as what did I do to make someone's day better and brighter and happier, more magical? And uh, I think if we all do that on a daily, you know, then we start, it starts becoming a subtext in every conversation we have. And it, uh, I think we can all make the world better together. I think that's a great answer. Beautiful. Yeah. What have you done today, Danny, to make um, my life better? Because <laughs> it's all about me. I've given you personal entertainment. Yes, you have a, done as, that. As a co-host. That you have um, done. But what a, what a uh, I mean, it seems like an obvious statement in a way, but it's probably never been more important <laughs> that yeah. we start to remind ourselves of that, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, shouldn't that just be an obvious truth? Absolutely. But it's just so easy to do to to do something kind or something nice for someone yeah and it can absolutely make their day you know right um what's that you know that thing about when you go somewhere and you 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 know you leave it as it was yeah or, or better than what, what it was you, don't, what, you know you don't, don't leave trash around or whatever yeah and and like when you go camping, only leave footprints right or something and and man you know we need to get back to that yeah <laughs> it's such a it's such a heated time in the world yeah and it actually yeah. feels good to do something for, uh, as corny and tree huggy and fucking whatever kumbaya it sounds <laughs> i i did something good the other day for someone yeah um it, but it was it was just the smallest thing it wasn't like mm. i didn't save a fucking puppy from drowning or anything like that right i let <laughs> Save a puppy from drowning i would never do that by <laughs> the way the, that's the height of, of I, charitable action. i would never do that because it's nature that puppy right. can't swim on its own oh that's harsh fuck it. that's harsh fuck that puppy <laughs> um no i'm glad my dog is locked in the next room i um for other reasons i uh, let someone in um through uh, out of a car park in in front of me so um oh God, i thought it, so charitable it was no well it was a small thing to do but um <laughs> I gave him the thumbs up to go, hey, you go first. Yeah. And he looked at me like, thanks, man. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. You didn't have to do that. And yeah. I felt, oh, cool. I felt like that. I felt good for about five minutes. Yeah. So. It just seems amazing to me that it's we, we need to actually point this out. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Just to like little basic courtesies. It's amazing how much that can make your day. 
Yeah, like a you little know? kindness, eh? That's yeah. That, yeah. So our, our next guest on this um, Christmas special podcast, so this is this is not retrospective, this is a new uh, segment, and yep. uh, I, I get a feeling we're going to probably talk more to, to Molly uh, in the future, yeah. but so um, Molly Rollinson from um, Molly and the Chromatics. Yep. And um, they're a band that seem to be coming through and doing some great things, so absolutely looking forward to seeing how they do it. And after you listen to this episode, go and check out their music. Her voice is unbelievable. Why don't we check it out? All right, well, let's do that first. Okay. That's a good idea. All yeah. right, so this is uh, an, a single that's actually about to come out. We're giving you, assume you listen to this when this episode comes out, we're giving you a, a snippet, a preview. An exclusive. Yeah. Don't give up your day job podcast exclusive. There you go. What a voice, right? Amazing. Yeah. Um, Killer. Check out the single when it comes out. And um, if you're at Rhythm and Vines, make sure you go and see them. Hmm. And uh, here's our conversation with Molly. Now let's do this. Don't give up your day job. I was particularly interested in, in having you on because I, I loved the show that we did together. It was awesome, eh? Yeah, yeah, it was such a good night. And... Um, and then I I've, I've just keep hearing, especially through Matt, about these shows that you guys are doing. We've got sometimes a few hundred people turning up. Yeah, yeah. And, like, these guys are an original band, you know, who are... I don't know how long you've been around exactly or anything, but to have that kind of momentum happening mm. is actually quite noteworthy, I think. Oh, thank you. Yeah. How do you do it? Yeah. Well, You need I mean, to bottle that shit and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for our band, it started off um, where great mates and um, started in, I, I grew up in Devonport on yeah. the other side of the Hard Bridge mm-hmm. and our, the Devonport community is full of musicians and yeah. it actually you know, churns out musicians as well don't know why yeah. you'll go to Takapuna Grammar always Takapuna Grammar and yeah. it's something I reckon in the water it's something there. in the water at Taka because yeah. <laughs> there are some amazing oh, yeah. Finn, amazing people came from there um, yeah the well, the Finns live in Devonport. No, 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 Finn, um, Finn Andrews. Finn Andrews. Finn yeah. Andrews, the Chicks. Chicks, yep. yeah. Um, Jen Wigmore apparently went there for a bit. Her parents owned the pharmacy, the pharmacy in exactly. Devonport, yeah. And of course, there's um, a long, course, long history with um, Ricky Morris in the studio yes, over there. Yes, and then yep. Gala Morris, yep. her, his, his daughter. Yep. Okay. Um, and then, of course, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so lots of amazing people and just being surrounded by. And influenced by those people, I guess. And Danny's played at Sashley? the Devon, Devonport Food and Wine Festival. <laughs> there you go. So. There you go. <laughs> That's really what started it all off, I think. I think so. I yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we played at Devonstock last week and um, it was pretty special to be able to play there and be surrounded by a community and that's actually where I believe our support has started. Right, yeah. Being supported from the core, from our friends and family who know us best and who are truly supportive and believe in us and yep. want, yeah. want us to do well. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's extended as well. So when we have had successful turnouts, it's from word of mouth, it's from people being like, oh, my friend, so my friend Molly and my friend George and yeah. Sam, yeah. you know, we we love them and we want to support them and we believe in what they're doing right. and spreading the word, yeah. which yeah. is amazing for yeah. us. And it's, they actually like our music too. So oh, <laughs> that's, that's quite a bonus. cool. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, I mean, 
being and being nice to people and is really important. Yeah, yeah, and, big time. and making connections, not being false, being mm-hmm. real, mm-hmm. Yeah. and making genuine connections, and people see that. Mm. And again, want to support you if you. Yeah. yeah. So you mean with your audience making with a connection? audience yeah. making a connection, but also. Yeah. You never know who you're going to meet and they might tell someone about you True, and right. yeah. s- support you again and then come along to, yeah. you know, your shows and, yeah. And you've been doing them up and down the country though, haven't you? Yeah, we have, we have. Um, recently, and I think it was September, we went down to Wanaka and okay. Dunedin and did a couple of shows down there. Awesome. And we've been down to Wellington quite a few times because mm-hmm. Sam and I, the drummer, we met down in Wellington at university. All right. All so right. we, um, so yeah, love, love Wellington. And we've mm. been lucky enough to be able to play at the Matterhorn. Oh, yeah, cool. And uh, that's yes. pretty awesome again for us because, you know, Fat Freddy's, yep. that's their Live at the Matterhorn. Live that's at the Matterhorn. It can be that's a tough... quite iconic. It yeah. can be a tough city. It, it can be hard to fill a venue down oh, there. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. We again, we've been just so lucky. It's yep. the word of mouth we had. It was absolutely heaving. Right. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So, Good for you. Yeah. And um, where do you think that that? I mean, yes, being nice to people is one thing, but <laughs> people connecting to the music obviously clearly mm, is a, yeah. is a is an aspect of it too. But um, I have to say, it's, it's hard for even some established bands to go and play to full houses up and down the country, mm. um, like Op Shop. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's true. It, that, you know, even to get the word out there, it's yeah. probably a lot easier now. But do you have like a a social media plan? Does that yeah. kind of help with you? How do you? Well, we we sort of go up and down with the social media planning and everything. Like yeah. for for a period of time, we're really good and um, are onto it with that kind of thing. And have lots of content, like videos and. Um, pictures of us and events and things like that. Yeah. But then we'll have a dry, dry spell. So I mean, what do you mean when there's nothing going on, or we just forget to post things? Forget. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> but, um, but also when there's nothing going on. Yeah. If there's nothing going on, we don't generally. Sure. Yeah. Um. No, no point yeah. forcing it, is there? Nah. Yeah. Nah. No poison. Uh, I mean, uh, the, I, I've got a feeling that people are getting off Facebook these days, and sort of, I guess, Instagrams coming mm. through but what are some other ways that you're connecting with with your audience are people you say word of mouth are they sharing your music around can they go and access it, access it easily or yeah you can i mean these you know spotify it's free to listen for people yeah you know so mm. that is awesome yeah. for to for other people to access our music you know yeah. um having it online and free i yeah. guess that's yeah, but I mean, not necessarily good for the musician's it's pocket. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, do you, that's do you, why we have our day jobs, isn't it? Do you actually print albums at all? Like, have you got CDs? No, we haven't no. made any physical copies of our music. Um, it's all digital. Mm. Um, I wonder if this is the first yeah. generation of bands that have never even bothered. I mean, we really have wanted to yeah. do CDs or records. Vinyl, yeah, vinyl would yeah. be awesome, but. It would be more just for the idea of it rather than to sell it to people, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, As an awesome merch idea, you know, like it would be... Almost more, like, it's almost retro. It's almost retro, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like making CDs would be like, oh, cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want one to put on my wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than to put in my CD player and play, but I mean... Just so do you have a full length album on Spotify that people can listen to? So we've got an EP on Spotify okay. um, and we're about to release called Straight Lines and we're about to release our second one in February, hopefully. So yep. we've just finished re- finished recording, sorry, um, 
EP number two, which is really exciting. And we've released one song from that EP called right. Anubis. Cool. Yep. And um, which is quite a funny subject matter. It's about um, George and the band, his dog Harold, who's a whippet. Okay. And he looks like the Egyptian god Anubis. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. I mean, that's our random subject matter there. there but um, yeah, it, that song's gone quite well. Yeah. It's, um, it's a bit of a different one. Is this going to be, is this, I mean, what's the plan in regards to how it's going to all look retrospectively? Strange question, I realise, mm. but are you are you releasing EPs that will sort of eventually be seen back as an album? Or is this a series of EPs, you know? I mean, I we're quite enjoying doing the EP because yeah. the fact that we do have day jobs means that there's actually less time to have creativity and to be creative because you need that headspace. Yeah. Yes. So... Which results in actually making less music. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. Which is so, un- it's unfortunate. Like my, in, in my ideal world, I'd work, I still enjoy working, so I'd, I'd maybe work two or three days a week and I'd have the rest of the week to dedicate to music. Yeah. And mm. to give yourself space to have that headspace yeah. to be mm. creative and maybe a whole album would be able to come out of that. But I think... Well, they they say yeah. we are moving from the information age into the, um, what is it? <clears throat> the creative age? Is that what it is? Yeah. So where people, um, you know, all of that information and all those skills that people have been able to learn for free, mm. m- mainly through the information age, is now morphing into um, lots of more creative ideas coming through. So mm. like an ideas age, really. Cool. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? And also the um, the idea of a gig economy. A lot of millennials just are just, say that. Yeah. they're just working from one gig to the next, make enough money to, instead of going on an OE, mm. they'll they'll spend it on a creative project. Yeah. And then they'll move on to the next gig and just do, mm. you know, in terms of jobs, yeah. um, maybe th- two or three months here. And that seems to be working for, mm. not only for, um, you know, the the lives of the people the workers or whatever traditionally known as but also for companies mm. they don't have to have people on their books that are yeah. that are not working you know mm. they don't have work for it's keeping it fresh isn't it yeah it's yeah. keeping it fresh wouldn't it and also there's talk <coughs> of universal income you know right when the robots come and take over yeah gosh. Um, <laughs> but it'd be great to be able to have all that spare time to do yeah creative mm. projects, you know? do you think about how you know realistically how you would like your life and career to look in five years and ten years i mean are you sort of hoping a single will get away and make you a million dollars or are you no i you haven't know? i haven't thought about it like that i no. just for me i guess it's living as cliche as it is day by day <laughs> of course got the sort of six month plan or whatever but yeah. to be honest for next year i don't know what i'm gonna do right i'm working in a job an advertising job in mount Eden, mm-hmm. which is great um and i guess just see where the music takes us in my ideal world music would have success and for me it's quite interesting like what I find what I feel success is with music because I don't care about being famous at all like that doesn't right. interest me yeah. yeah but to have people um on a wide level appreciating the music and listening to it and enjoying it and I guess having fame or success from that then, yeah. would yeah that would be so so awesome and to be able to listen to it and be like I love that yeah that right person that Molly and the chromatics yeah awesome and yeah think of us in a high regard you yeah. know and have respect on high regard yeah would be amazing definitely that, yeah that would be quite a freeing approach not having to not to think about yeah i'm just doing it because i, I love doing it mm-hmm. and it's what i want to do yeah you don't have to have all these other considerations yeah. uh, 
But uh, then you've got to pay rent. So. Yes, you've got to pay rent. <laughs> I mean, right. yes. there's that niggly little yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah. There's that whole art and so, commerce balance. Yeah. Isn't Are you guys independent or yeah. you have a label? Right. Yeah. So, and we manage ourselves as well, So, which has been stressful and yeah, busy how does that as. Work? Yeah, right. But, you know, we everyone in the band is pretty bloody organised and we. But, you know, we'll have admin sessions before our band practice. Mm. We'll have a bit of an agenda and people will bring things up. We'll discuss things, allocate each band member something and we'll just get it done. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So you're all, all in it, to, like you're running it together or mm-hmm. are you, are you, you're not in charge? or No, no, no. one is solely in charge. We're yep. doing it together. Mm-hmm. Some weeks that, you know, Sam works at Fonterra. He's busy as, fat out, you know. Might not be able to do something, but... And, and then, it, you know comes around goes around about yeah. like that but yeah. um yeah it, we we're gonna have a manager at some point but i also we all talked about it and having that extra personality in there i don't, don't know whether it would work or not mm. and we've got such a great thing going on so maybe it might rock the boat you might not need know. to give away 20 percent um of yeah. at the moment well it's an interesting question isn't it? because in our industry we all grow up thinking we need to get a record deal or we need to get a great management yeah. deal or something we've just had a couple of guests on who have got killer managers and yeah. and that's brilliant and and, and there's those are good relationships but it's, it's quite important i think for artists to think how much is this person going to bring to what we're doing mm. versus how much we're going to lose? Exactly. And, and, and is this the best thing to be doing? Yeah. Rather than just going, oh my God, it's so exciting, let's just sign the thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, don't get me wrong, it would be wonderful to have a manager because it would free us up. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah of course. But, um, and at the moment, actually, a friend of ours who lives in Dunedin, he is, he's planned our summer tour, we're doing a summer tour and um, around the North Island and then in March we'll do the main centres. Yeah. And he's, organize and plan that for us and he's a good friend from way back he's my first boyfriend at primary school <laughs> but you know and we all know know him really well and he's so onto it and doesn't care about money and you know so yeah. it, that's worked really well and it's been so amazing to have someone else on board to help us out because we did need it yeah and the thing is you might bring someone on who's you know their their agenda is to advance your career obviously as well but they might you know be less um about the music more about the money so mm. therefore their agenda is to find you more gigs and gigs that you might not nor- ordinarily play mm. just for the you know to keep the money coming in to be able to fund what you do yeah. so you've got to get someone who's of the like mind and it sounds like your friend in dunedin is um, yeah luckily he yeah is, so. the chromatic so are there a lot of black notes danny hates the genre things so i'll stay away from that word genre <laughs> Yeah, what? we hate the genre word as well because yeah, it's yeah. just so hard to define. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's and that's a good thing, I think. Fusion, yeah. Being fusion, I guess. Right. I mean, jazzy soul. Yep. Um, got lots of like a bit of R and B influence as well, mm-hmm. okay. which is creeping into more of our newer music as well. Uh-huh. George is obsessed with the leg drum beat, oh, right. Yeah. Right. so yeah. um, we've got a bit of that. Um, Tom, our keys player, he went to jazz school, so we've got his influence. Yep. Um, George loves Tom Mish, yep. uh, the guitarist, so mm-hmm. he's got, yeah, who also has jazzy influence. Um, um, but then it's funky as well, you can definitely get up and dance to it. Yep. So, nice. yeah, it's fusion. Fusion, yeah. yeah. Fusion as a literal word rather than 
yeah, the, the genre sort exactly. of became. It's like exactly. when it's like when alternative was first a thing. It yeah. actually meant alternative. Yeah. Now it just it's... means that bit of the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So where to next? You, you've got an EP coming out. You've got the tours. Have you got anything planned for summer? Or you? Mm, we do. We're we're playing at Rhythm and Vines on the thirty first at cool. eight pm, which is very exciting. Oh, that's, that's a, a good, good time slot. Fine. Awesome, eh? Yeah. So stoked with that time slot. Yeah. So, wow. Um, yeah, with, with the the sun sort of starting to set, yeah. it would be lovely. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we're on to we're doing a little summer tour. Yeah. So we're going to Taupo and yep. to Napier. Yep. And the Coromandel and Tauranga, and up to Mangawai and back to Auckland. Awesome. Excellent. So and then back to work. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a job. I mean, are, are you? Guys in the, I mean, is the band organising all of that stuff yourself, or so that's our friend in Dunedin. Oh, he's, he's, he's done that. all that, which is amazing, right. including accommodation and your boyfriend petrol and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, yes and no, we're taking tents. Like yep. it's not definitely oh, yeah. not smoky mirrors. You know, <laughs> it's, smoke, it's camping. It's yeah. tents. It's yeah. blow up mattresses. Um, Taking our own cars as well. Yep. And it's quite hilarious because I've got a Toyota Corolla 1996 with two doors. So, (laughs) (laughs) and my car is going to be one other person and maybe... A drum kit. Yeah. I I don't know even if they were fit in it. I did a tour exactly like that a long time ago and we, we, in our own cars, we we slept in tents and I was driving a Honda Civic. And we actually took out, uh, like unbolted and took out the passenger seat. And that's mm. where the kick drum was. Mm. And, um, oh, fantastic. Yeah, we, and we, we toured in two cars. One was a um, uh, just a four-door and, and there's my little Honda Civic. And we just jammed the shit out of those. Yeah, that's we a... had it completely worked out, <laughs> yeah. the, the whole Tetris yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. looking forward to that summer tour. And yeah. I guess spreading the word. Yeah, absolutely. Molly and the chromatics. And... Absolutely, mm. yeah. Well, um, tell us about your um, where, where people can find you online, your your links and things. Yeah, we're on Spotify, Molly and the Chromatics. Yep. Um, we're on Facebook as well. We've got a couple of live videos on Facebook, so um, which I love. I think they're awesome. Um, <laughs> that's on they're on YouTube as well. Um, we're on SoundCloud. Yeah. All right. Hey, thank you so much for being uh, for agreeing to be here. And oh, that's no And you were on time, and uh, it yeah. was really helpful for us. <laughs> so it's great. Yeah. yeah thanks so much yeah. for having me. It's nice to have these music discussions. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. And all the best with Rhythm and Vines in the upcoming tour. Thank you guys so much. Excellent. Thank you, uh, Molly, for for being here and being such a. Um, a wonderful chat yeah and a great person let's try and touch base with her after the tour so we can find out how it went yeah okay all right what do we got coming up well um one of my favorite episodes this year and i know uh, i know that it's yours without even having spoken about (laughs) it um because you worked with this gentleman um so many times Mm. and you have a really good relationship with him yeah so yeah how did you feel about the episode at the time were you nervous about talking to him because you've never really interviewed him before as such I, I, I wasn't nervous talking to Tommy um because we've had such a rapport you yeah. know we've been on the road together so many times that it was it was just one of those things like seeing an old friend because it literally is that yeah yeah um no on the day I was just super tired right okay. <laughs> I'd, I'd had like a crazy week and I had had one of those nights before where I just didn't go to sleep I was just like, like staring at the ceiling right and I remember I, I did get a couple of hours and I woke up 
up, you know, because we had to, I had to go and pick him up from the hotel. Yeah. And I and I remember just thinking, man, how am I going to do this? I can barely get like get a sentence together. And <laughs> yeah, but it came together and really well. Some, I, somehow it did. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the beauty of some of these conversations. You get lost in them, but also they pull you along because yeah. you, you have an interest, but but also um, a curiosity. And right. You know, so you can get completely lost, and hopefully that's something that our listeners experience. Well, I. I it was really awesome because I hadn't seen him for a while. It'd been a while since the last tour. And, uh, you know, I thought a lot more about things he had said and things that had happened. And I had all these questions that had been in my head. I didn't even know if I would, you know, have ever have the opportunity to ask him. Right. But just these questions had just been floating around in my head. What did he mean by this? And how did he do that? And right. how did this happen? And, yeah. Or, you know, have I remembered that right? Did he really say that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so those in a, in a, um, voices or in a critical, you know, in a uh, conversations that go on. Yeah, and yeah. actually, that's part of the this little snippet. He calls it the shitty committee. Yeah, you know, where um, when he's writing new music and uh, the voices in his head, and I don't mean that in some any sort of um, you know, mental, yeah, it's not a crazy thing, mental disorder yeah. kind of way. I, I was um, uh, someone I know had had attended a rehearsal I was involved with a little while ago, and afterwards, and he's a he's a kind of um, I, I guess. Maybe amateur is probably the, an insulting term, but he's sort of more of a hobby musician. Yeah. And um, and he said, what really impressed me about you and your, and your guys is that you were really confident when you played. And I thought, well, that's an interesting thing to, to hear. And I was thinking the same thing about Tommy. Like, how come he doesn't seem to be affected by the world? You know, right. when he plays, it's just him and his instrument. Yeah. You know, how come he gets to not worry about you know what everyone's going to say or think or whatever yeah and so that was the question i had for him and this is what he said you know it's up to us to hand on a better world than the one we came into yeah and and that's not only just the environment it's everything else as well yeah you know well i'm I'm, one of the things that i'm curious to find out about is Mm -hmm. is your relationship with music and and how that developed because when I've worked with you and seen you play what what really occurs to me is that you're not in your own way there's an there's an ease between you and the music I notice a lot of people are quite self-deprecating or you know they've got their their, their insecurities and fears mm-hmm. inform their process where you're yeah you and, know what I call that yeah the shitty committee <laughs> and they're the ones who are inside your head right telling you you are not that good so how did you get yeah. that committee out of your head the committee is still there it I is. just put them in their box right right every now and again yeah and I have to remind myself to do that because they will come in right you know yeah. and I say you know what are you playing this old shit for? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say yeah, that. Of course. On oh, totally, podcast, yeah. Absolutely. He's got a filthy mouth. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but, um, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't take a very smart man to uh, see the reaction of people. Mm. And even if it's... I, I know I'll never be able to write something that perhaps is as good as Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, right? Mm -hmm. I may not be able to write a song that will do that, that will change the world, that will be on on everyone's lips for the Mm -hmm. next few years. But I can write a song that enough people tell me, oh, my God, that song touched me, it took me someplace, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I tapped into their soul somehow through that music. And I didn't do that intentionally. I was just trying to write what I felt. Yeah, yeah. And that's all. Write what you feel. Wow. Isn't okay. it amazing to be able to get into the, the headspace of someone 
like that. An icon, yeah, um, that has followers around the world, you know. And, and yeah, and also, I mean, I guess aside from his fan base, I mean, one of the, probably the most impressive musicians that either of us have probably ever met. Mm. You know, I mean, this is a guy who, who has done nothing but pursue his craft since he started being alive, basically. Yeah, <laughs> and know? he still has self-doubt. Yeah, you know? and he still has self-doubt. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, we all have so many doubts and insecurities and voices in our head, even just in normal life, about, about you know, just how we look and how we act and how people, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it, it's a really, uh, it's, a, it's a sad that we have to deal with that. Mm. You, you often say, what do you say? You go... Um, what other people think about me is none of my business. Mm, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Where, where'd you get that from? Oh, I'm sure I didn't certainly didn't make it up. I heard it somewhere, and it yeah. just stuck with me. You know, like it, there's nothing you can do about the way that other people think about right. you, and or, or what other people think about you. And actually, probably what you're thinking they're thinking is completely wrong. Right. They spend a lot less time thinking about you yeah. than you think. Yeah, because most people are quite self-oriented. Yes. So you're sitting there thinking that person probably thinks I'm fat. Yeah. And then some, and then you find, I definitely think that. <laughs> and then so then you find out the other person is like, man, I wish I had hair like them or something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Or I wish I had that um, that big screen TV that he had. And this is a clumsy <laughs> segue. One of the famous Bobby Kennedy segues. Into <laughs> my next thought pattern, which was about we're coming into Christmas. <laughs> It's like taking a corner at 150k. It's, like, it's Christmas time, Danny. A bobby Segway. Let me try that again. So, Danny, uh, yeah, it's Christmas time, and you know the what's the reason for the season? It's little baby Jesus. No, that's not where I'm going with that. But um, you know, I was thinking the other day. What, what I asked my wife, "What do you want for Christmas?" I don't know what to buy you for right. Christmas. Yeah, you know. And she goes, I want another flat screen TV. <laughs> yeah, I want another baby. Um, <laughs> no, she, but it's, I don't know what to buy. But then again, I'm thinking we don't need anything else. We've got too much shit as it is. Yeah. Uh, and one of our recent guests we spoke to, Michelle Backer, mm. she has this philosophy around minimalism. Yep. And I always thought I was a bit of a minimalist. But when I think about it, and um, when I actually pull it apart, I've got so much fucking crap yeah. in, you know, in my house that I do not need. Right. You know, so um, I might try and take a in the new year, my new year's resolution. How about that? Yeah, take a take a leaf out of Michelle's book, and it's a fitting subject for Christmas as well because I think so. A few years Hence ago, my segue. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Um, a few years, uh, maybe only a couple of years ago, my girlfriend and I decided that we would take the pressure off with gifts, and we'd just get each other a couple of small gifts um, each, like yep. like or maybe one small gift each, and then we'd buy something together that we wanted. Um, yeah right and so it, it, and and it was just something we thought we'd give it you know have a go because we're both the same what what, what do we need she's yeah. a photographer so she only she knows what she needs yes you know i don't know what she needs for that yeah um and i'm a musician so she's not about to buy me a guitar <laughs> you know wow, wouldn't that be amazing that would be awesome the most amazing you know? girlfriend ever little, little side note there uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> 335 335 um <laughs> but um but you know the the, the she's going to go to the rock shop and go. Danny wants me to spend three hundred and thirty five dollars on a guitar. <laughs> what can I get for that? And I go, uh, okay, yeah, have this piece of shit. <laughs> then I'll be fucking lumped with it. Yeah, but the you know the amazing outcome is that is that Christmas became more enjoyable because it didn't right. become about trying to keep up with how much we'd sp- like you know you know that feeling like oh you know I've got to spend the right amount to yeah or whatever yeah whatever that stress is and uh-huh. it just became more about. Um, it became more about the thought again 
You yeah. Know? I, and I think she got me um, a book and it was like, really, it was great. It was a great choice. It's just what I wanted, you know? Right. And it, and it must have been 20 bucks or something. And, and it's like, that was actually was it, perfect. Was it a catalogue of um, lenses? <laughs> Camera lenses? <laughs> With a few With circles? To, yeah, ticked. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there an episode of The Simpsons where Marge's gift to Homer was to give him a gift to give her? Which, which, which let him off the hook <laughs> so speaking of minimalism um, yes. the, and Michelle Becker uh, let's cut back to that because that was uh, I, I really enjoyed that bit so. yeah tell us a little bit about the minimalist lifestyle that you live what, what, is, the, what is minimalism what does it mean okay. Danny's tried to explain it to me but I don't listen to what he says so. minimalism oh, is, a, is not about um, things not, not, not having things but it's about being smart and having what you need rather than what you want okay Okay, so um, it's it's about you know. I need that sixty-five inch television though. Right. I need it. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's okay, but maybe you don't need two of them. Right. <laughs> you know. Okay. Good you point. know. Maybe yeah. you and Jane could watch TV together. Y- oh, that's you know, a novel idea. <laughs> yeah, I think minimalism is is more of an attitude, and it's it's more about you know when you're out there. I think I think times are changing. You know, people aren't earning what they used to earn. You know, and so there's a lot of people that are trying to live beyond their means. Yeah. And I think, I mean, oh, I've been a minimalist so. for a couple of years. I, I have no home. I live, mm-hmm. I have a suitcase um, that I travel with. So it's just a fancy word for homeless. <laughs> glad, yeah, it could be. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, about, it's about loving, loving moments more than things. So okay, it's, about, it's nice more about, it. more about yeah. loving moment and loving life experience more than things. Right. And it's about having that pair of jeans and having that pair of boots, but just how many do you need? Right, you know? yeah. Um, and... And when you can live with less, you're sort of a bit more freer. Uh-huh. I'm just going to say that, yeah, it's a sense of freedom. It's like yeah. a, it's like a weight off your shoulders. It really is. You yeah. know, you don't have to worry so much about all those bills that you're paying things off. You don't mm. really have to spend too much time about going, what am I going to wear? Because you literally have this or that. Yeah. Um, and so it just shifts your your whole mindset. And I don't think that you're saying that people listening need to sell their house. Not at you know, all. It's more about just Not at all. rethinking things. Rethinking it? things. Yeah. It's yeah. all it, it's all it is. Well, there you that's go. Uh, philosophical deep for for a Christmas uh, special. I reckon it's people bang, should sell bang their on house. the money. Yeah. People should sell their house. Yeah, that's right. Get, yeah. Move into a caravan. <laughs> Have you seen those little small houses that are becoming popular? They're all over the yeah, all over Facebook. Eh? They're amazing. Aren't um, they? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, we built this for twelve thousand dollars. I often wonder if I could actually live in one. I think I could. You think? Yeah. I what think... about all this shit you've got in this room? It wouldn't even fit. I into would one happily of... get rid of all of it. Really? Well, apart from the stuff I need to make money. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're living in your little house, and then you have your little. Uh, there, there's actually not that much in this room. It just looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's not much in the rest of the house too. It was, it was quite interesting when you moved house. And and you kind of go, oh, there's not really much here, <laughs> right? Don't need this here. I, I spend more time throwing things away these days. I just don't. Yep. I just don't fucking need anything. Yeah. You know, I've got a, I've got the basics. I've got my music stuff. I've got my dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else do you need? You didn't mention your girlfriend. You've no, got, I didn't. You've got your girlfriend. I felt that you that was implied. That I mentioned implied. her. I've mentioned her before. Okay. The, you know. So she does exist. Yeah. yeah. No, thanks for trying to drop me in it though. <laughs> Now you have to buy two lenses <laughs> to make up for it. So as we're organising this Christmas special, you're quite keen to talk to Brandon Dickett again, who is our guest on episode seven. Now, right. what, what, why did you want to speak to Brandon again? Uh, because I, since the episode, on, uh, I've been friends with him on Facebook yep. and following his um, exploits with the band mm-hmm. and, and his life in general. With Save Ferris. With Save, Save Ferris, yep. yep. Uh, 
but then I noticed a few things come up uh, recently that I'd heard in other circles. Yeah. And but he was putting a very personal kind of specific bent on it, and right. how it was going to affect musicians and affect him directly. So I just wanted to talk to him about that because he has that um, direct kind of um, insight to it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah so. Exactly. And I and I and I was totally up for the idea because he's a good dude. And he's so a good dude. So it's yeah. good to see him again. Yeah. So this is our talk with Brandon Dickett. Now let's do this. How long have you guys been doing this for now? Is it about this is the second one we've done, and you're, you're the guest both times. <laughs> I'm the guest both times. No, but I mean, it's been like, it's been over a year. It's been more than a year. It's right? been two years. Damn, two years. Yeah. I think this will be, I think, about our fifty fourth episode. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah. So tell us about the recent tour. I, I enjoyed seeing all of the photos and updates and stuff on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, man. Well, we we did a. Uh, it was great. We did a. a, a they called it a spring tour, but it was definitely still winter. Uh, I guess it was like Febu- February and March. Yep. And it was through, you know, the East Coast. Like, uh, we, we did Midwest. So we did, uh, we started in California. And then we went through Arizona, Texas, Florida, uh, and then up the East Coast, Philadelphia, Jersey. It was cool. We played some cool places, though, man. Stone Pony and, like, Gramercy in New York. and Yeah. Had a gr- had a great show in Chicago. It, it was it was the killer time. And there was a so. massive one in Mexico. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, uh, so that was last. I want to say September or August. Mexico City Ska Fest. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Same night as the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, which we're actually playing with them again. Um, I don't know if it's been announced yet, but uh, uh, April April something April eleventh at the Huntington Beach Ska Fest. Yep. Cool. And it's crazy, Bill. Man, it's like uh, every everybody like Sublime with Rome is on it. Oh, nice! And, wow. Uh, Real big fish is on the night before us, and Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, uh, Scatolites. Like, dude, it's it's killer lineup. Yeah. I was looking at it. I was like, I think like Three Eleven's playing. Which so we're doing th- two shows with Three Eleven coming up. Yep. Which is cool. But no, it was really fun. You know, we did. It was nice to do like a headlining tour because uh, we, you know, you get the luxury of. Backlining your stuff and leaving it on stage and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone else, you know, yeah. it is, truly is a luxury, you know, because you're. It's just hurry up and wait when you're on the road. And, right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And then and then we did Warp Tour, which is just that's an experience. Uh, how many? Because <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know how much, I don't know if you guys have anything that's even really a, the equivalent there, but you know, it's a big touring festival. Yeah. And uh, it was the last big touring festival in the U.S. And next year is going to be the last year, 2018. But uh, what, dude? It why was, is it the last year? Um, just declining sales, just increased difficulty and, and mm. putting on the festival, you know, like it's just, you know, with everything that's been happening with all, all, you know, terrorist attacks at concerts and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Uh, cause I think it, right after we got done with the, with the festival ended in August and not too long after that was the, uh, there was like a shooting, that shooting in Vegas at the, yeah. um, mm. country music festival thing horrifying and so it's one of those things where i feel like it has a lot to do with the fact that you know it's it's expensive and you know the all-day festival thing is tiresome as it is but also like the target demographic was always like those young kids Mm. and i think part of it has to do with the fact that like well parents now are more reticent to let their kids go to these shows because like well at least if they're at home i know where they are yeah Mm. yeah so I think it's part of it, at least. I mean, who, who knows? Have you noticed? The, also, have you noticed a change in security measures when you've been out on the road? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's 
post 9-11 just America so mm, yeah <laughs> it's all kind of the same 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 but you know? I mean there was that that um shooting in England at the start of the year and mm-hmm. there's there's the Vegas thing the Bataclan I mean um mm-hmm. I don't know why music is suddenly getting targeted in recent years but how's that have you noticed a change because of those things uh I mean I you know it's hard it's really hard to say I mean it's yeah. always yes I mean like I they'll they don't let you bring like I had some, I was going through security. I went to see uh, Guar. Yeah. So that was one of the great things. We we were on tour, on Warp tour. Became really good friends with the drummer. Like some of the, honestly, best people in the industry, man. Yeah. The coolest, just like nicest, nicest fucking people. But uh, uh, so they were playing in L.A. at the Fonda Theater, and we and we went over to to say hey, and it was funny because like the security guards were like scrutinizing every little thing and like i had a pack of gum and like i can't bring this pack of gum in but they made sure to like look through pull all the little pieces of gum out and make sure i wasn't hiding anything inside of my pack of gum i was like oh you know (laughs) and i and i had a i had a guest badge too so (laughs) it wasn't like i was just standing there there with a ticket had you Um, actually been pulled aside or was that just part of the usual the normal life that was just part of the usual thing yeah (laughs) totally wow i but you know but i mean it's not like that everywhere i'm sure it's a case-by-case basis and i'm sure the fact that like Every, half the people there were like, you know, makeup and like dressed in like weird costumes and shit. With it. I'm sure that had a lot to do with it too. But, um, yeah, but you know, I mean, it is. You know, I, I'm sure everybody has found you know the experience different than than we used to. It's it's harder to you know you go to a concert you want to enjoy yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's like probably that's probably the effect that they they want to have on it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, are you guys are you guys affected at all by the the fires that are happening at the moment, where you are? Um, not not so much. I mean, you can see them. You can see it for sure. And definitely, the like smog factor seems to have gotten worse over the last couple of weeks. Just you know, residual smoke effect and everything. Right. But I mean, I'm I'm like in Hollywood, and so you can't really see it from here. Right. Um, it's like it's one of those things you notice. There might be coughing a lot or sneezing a lot more because there's more particulate matter in the air but it's not is it is it right am i right when people have said that this is happening earlier in the year than than normally you know the the fire season yeah yeah so i mean i'm not from california so i can't say exactly you know based on experience but from what i'm told it is longer it's like the it's earlier and longer and more severe all around right and it's all it's all trump's fault hey (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah do you want me to answer yeah. that right. <laughs> let's dive right in <laughs> no i'm the last person you want to ask about that <laughs> well actually no the reason i i suggested maybe getting you back on was because i had noticed yeah. a few things on your facebook feed um that, that you've been talking about <laughs> that are going to directly affect musicians in the u.s and oh, yeah. it's been my experience that those things do tend to start to spread out to other uh, musicians mm-hmm. around the place so the first being um let, let's put net neutrality aside for a second and talk about the tax right. uh, reform bill so how sure. how is that going to affect you directly and how much tax do you pay over because there's things like um state tax uh sales tax uh income tax uh, uh federal tax all these fucking taxes you guys pay yeah well it's the it's the old uh triple tax you know right it's pretty much how they how they work it here, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's. I mean, I'm not a CPA, so I can't say you know for certainty like this is how much everybody pays, and this is how right. will, it will, exactly how it's going to affect everybody. Yeah. But I mean, I have a pretty good idea how it will affect me, knowing that 
the big the biggest thing for me being that they're trying to remove well not trying to but the the tax tax bill um removes the ability to deduct itemized expenses right mm-hmm. um and there are there are uh certain like limitations it's not just like a broad like general all you know deductions are wiped out i mean i, I think for personal taxes there's there's still an exemption or there's still a deduction you can take. But I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure it works for the same. I don't know how it works for you guys, but like basically if I want to deduct, you know, travel expenses and, you know, new equipment, I need to get new heads, new sticks, new yeah, hardware, you know, new yeah. cases, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, software, all that kind of stuff. Like it adds up and like uh, it comes, you know, out of whatever pittance you're, <laughs> you know, struggling to make because it's hard to make it to make a living as a musician that's we right all know this yeah yeah you know which is why we do it partly but <laughs> uh no but uh but no so like yeah so that that was the biggest thing you know i, t- I took some notes i could tell you how i think because i mean i i you know i still have uh even on top of all the touring and stuff and uh, other you know trying and freelancing and everything i still have a, a day job so the way it affects me is different mm. than it's the next guy right. and I don't have kids yeah, but yeah. I'm married so you know it's there's all kinds of different uh things but yeah. you know the good the good thing is the my tax bracket dropped from 28 to 25% okay until 2020 right so it's a temporary tax bracket drop uh the standard deduct, deduction so you can take so if you don't itemize your your expenses then you can take a standard deduction which has increased from twelve thousand seven hundred to twenty four thousand four hundred dollars. Right. Basically, right. Uh, but you know, in the vast majority of cases, like for musicians who you know, I really depend heavily on being able to deduct and like carefully track and itemize every little line item to make sure you know every little bit of gas, every parking, every toll, every mm. you know ev- everything that you spend. It, it comes out because. You know, at the end of the year, you want to come come out up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and then, uh, so you typically don't take the standard deduction as a musician. And right. I mean, granted, that's twenty four thousand. That's that's significant. But I don't know. I don't know exactly how that will affect mm. my situation. Uh, you know, are other musicians? It's, yeah, it's yet to be seen. I have to talk to my CPA still. Uh, yeah. Are other musicians um, up in arms about it like you are, or are you? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing where it's like I'm. I mean, I've seen. On like uh, I think the website's called like Music Cares and uh, some other like music mu- musician blog sites where they're just like, this is bad for musicians. This is terrible. Mm. This is bad for ev- it, it's not only bad for musicians. It's bad for small business. Yeah, it's yeah. bad for entre- entrepreneurs. Not to mention, I mean, this combined with net neutrality, it's just like, dude, what? Yeah, what the, the hell are they me, trying yeah. to do? Well, that's a great point because being a musician is essentially being a small business, and and so yeah, exactly what, what, right. where do you think they're coming from? What what, what do you think their reasoning is? Uh, greed. They were paid to do lobbyists. Like their their constituents. Yeah, the lobbyists, man. Yeah. It's like the big corporations. The only people who make out good on this are the millionaires and billionaires, right? You know. Uh, so like the other thing is you can no longer write off state income taxes. So like you had the ability to do that. Like where you like you paid both and if you had if you owed state income taxes you could write that off in your on your bill that they're getting away with that um let's see here i sorry i just took some notes here i'll i'll read off what i was just thinking but um you know the the average adult who's married with two kids and with two salaried full-time employed adults in the home basically your model middle class family yeah it's it's probably going to be a wash in the end 
right? Right. Mostly because of the state state tax rate in a lot of places k- kills you. Like if you're living in Illinois or living in California, uh, I, I think it'll be difficult to really tell what the effect will be for each individual. You know, it kind of depends on how much they rely on any of the various deductions that were eliminated yeah. in this bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, some folks will come out ahead, some folks not not so much. Really, it just depends. But I think over time, all middle class families are going to be hurt by this. So like, yeah. you know, because that's the thing, like the corporate tax rate was slashed from uh, 40 or was it 40 to 20 or 35 to 20 yeah. percent? It was full 15 percent. Yeah, right. And that's a permanent reduction. Yeah. Wow. Which is insane because everybody else's taxes get cut by like three to five percent, and only temporarily for, for two years. Yeah, or yeah it's yeah. only temporarily, and yeah. then for like a period of time, it goes back up. Uh, and and they're trying to to take that out of it now to take it so that like it it basically there is no tax cut. Oh good god, <laughs> it's re- it's ridiculous, man. I politics in this country, I just it just drives me insane. How are they going to? Which find is why I'm the, the I'm the last person because I'm just like sitting there like <laughs> pulling my hair out. <laughs> Come on, man. How are they going to fund the Go war with North Korea if they start cu- cutting back on taxes? You know, like, (laughs) 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 well, L.A. is certainly closest, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so you mentioned net neutrality. Um, I I had some other thoughts real quick. This this is what I thought was most interesting, you know, um, not most interesting, but uh, so I feel like the my my thought with this, like what they're what are they trying to get out of it? Right. Yeah. Mm. Is. Republican lawmakers who have always claimed fiscal conservatism, like that's they're campaigning that. That's what they're all like. Oh, we're fiscally conservative. You guys are the bad guys. <laughs> um, but they can go and re- legislate the sweeping tax bill under the guise of tax cuts for everybody. Uh, but it's a clear gift to their financiers, to the lobbyists, right? right? Uh, it helps billionaires and big corporations, but yet it adds one point five trillion dollars to the deficit. Mm, shit. Um, huh. Yeah. Uh, but because they're deferring the pain for the average average taxpayer the average citizen uh in a couple years when everyone's taxes like go up and the deficit deficit explodes then they can be like oh well what happened here must be the guy who's in charge now you know Mm. that kind of thing and they can go back to calling for fiscal conservatism which then they can go and get what they actually wanted all along which is to to shrink uh the social programs they want to they want to eliminate social security you know, get rid of Medicare and Medicaid, which are pro- the only kind of socialized med- med- medicine uh, or uh, programs that help people in need. Poor right. people. And they yeah. want to get rid of those entirely. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's a entitlement and, you know, <laughs> I don't want to pay for that guy over there who did, doesn't have a job. Mm-hmm. But see, that's what I think their long game is in this. Yeah. Okay. So it, not only do they get something now and, you know, their constituents, their the Trump, average Trump supporters eating that shit up because they're, mm. I don't know what... You could possibly have to gain from this. But, yeah. But, and here's some other, just real quickly, um, some other interesting clauses that were included in the tax bill. See, I took notes. For that. That's brilliant. <laughs> You're doing better than us. Keep it yeah. handy. No, but so, like, this is, I don't know, why would this be in a tax bill? An abortion law reclassifying life uh, at conception. Well, this, so it doesn't actually sex. use that. It doesn't, yeah, why is it in a tax bill? But it doesn't use that um, exact language. But basically what they said was, that um, you can't be because you're a fetus, you can't be denied like an inheritance or something like that. But because they put this language in there about that, it basically is reclassifying life uh. as beginning at the moment of conception. So like they're kind of like 
putting this really deceptive language in there that's right. going to down the road they can right. they can call back to this and yeah. be like yeah oh well look no life begins at the kids you know it's so <laughs> uh, anti-abortion law um there's a clause that, so so now they're going to be able to drill in alaska's arctic wildlife preserve which has previously been Christ. banned yeah you know and it's the whole thing with like the keystone xl pipeline here here they're like they're like oh it's going to be safer we're going to do this stuff and you're never going to have a spill and like then like immediately they spilled like 25 million gallons of oil <laughs> it's like you fucking dicks you know <laughs> but uh uh, they pull, they pulled the mandate for the um, uh, the ACA, um, which basically means that like the, the you know Obamacare the had uh, Care Act. Uh, yeah the thing where the people had had to have insurance or they get a penalty. Uh-huh. Uh, thirteen million people thirteen million people will lose insurance premiums. Will uh, raise in cost by ten percent. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff. You know, cuts four hundred billion from Medicare. Um, a tax break for private jet owners. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, that's an important thing. <laughs> and it was the other you know, private jet owners and for luxury cars and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but increases taxes over time uh, over the next like five years on 87 million families, adds a trillion and a half to the deficit, forces graduate students to pay taxes on waived tuition, and also reduces uh, waivers and t- uh, what you call it, scholarships to state institutions. So like basically, they're trying to make us dumber. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. all, that's the other thing because that's how they win. You know, yeah. like the more people are educated, the must, less likely they're going to vote for stuff that's bad for them. Right. Yeah, right. right. You know, they're they're not going to fall for this like rhetoric that's really you know scary. But here's yeah. the one the one last one that I find this is the one that really really pisses me off because I'm not a big huge fan of organized religion. Uh, but uh, there's a clause that allows churches to endorse political candidates. Whoa. Wow. Which is pre- previously, you know... Church and state. Se- separation of church and state. Yeah, exactly. Right. But dude, they're like... It, it's, even, it's even deeper than just separation of church and state because what they're doing here... Like, okay, so we have things here called... I don't, you guys know what a, a super PAC is or a yeah. PAC? Yeah. Political Action Committee, right? Mm. Um, so a super PAC, you know, there's... I think... I'm pretty sure there's a... Well, a, a, a political action committee, there's a limit to how much people can contribute to it or how much money it can contribute to any political campaign. Right. Mm. Super PACs are different. They're bigger and they're, I think they're somewhat regulated um, in, in the, in the same manner, but maybe not, I'm not exactly familiar with how that, how that all works, but, uh, but with having uh, regulation or have, being able to uh, have a political or a religious establishment endorse political candidates, you can have, you like Danny, say you want to start a church. Yeah. You know, we'll do like well or you want to join Frank Zappa's church, the Church of American Secular Humanism. I am right? a, I am a, I am actually starting my own church at the moment. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Totally. You got a good name yet? I haven't got a good name yet. I've just been focusing mainly on how much money they're going to give me. That's my first priority. <laughs> right. Well, a tithing structure. I mean, that's really the yeah. You'd make a great politician. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, does you that mean Tom Cruise they... is going to be the next president? <laughs> Mm. What the Scientologists one can only hope get behind <laughs> yeah. him, and he's going to be President Cruz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but the thing is, like anyone in this instance now can start their own religion and mm. use that religion to have people donate, you know, money tax free. Yeah, and then give as much of that money that they want to any political candidate of their choice, thereby circumventing the entire political action committee mm. ruling system. So now they can just. Free for all, man. 
How, it's gonna be. It's gonna really fuck shit up. And how are they getting past the whole supposed, you know, separation of church and state? I mean, how how are they getting around that? Or they're just not even acknowledging it? Because Jesus, <laughs> because it's a sin. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I I don't know. I mean, like it, how... it's such a double standard because of all of the arguments right. about about gun laws, and and mm-hmm. one of the arguments is always about the laws that were put in place four hundred years ago, when, whenever it was, which is such mm-hmm. a ridiculous argument. But you know, right. and now they just decide to ignore all that, right? When it suits exactly, them. yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you saw there was the um, uh, state senate race um, in Alabama, and there was the whole thing with Roy, Roy Moore, Moore yeah. who was the conservative Republican, who was accused of. Uh, yeah. Kitty the, you know, pedoph- pedophilia or, or like yeah. sexually harassing or molesting or whatever, a 14-year-old or something like that. Yeah. Uh, 14-year-old and a 16-year-old. And anyway, <laughs> after, when he went to vote, he literally rode a horse to the polling place. <laughs> <laughs> and so people on Twitter are being like, yeah, Roy Moore, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> I was like, that's a good comeback for yeah, that. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that you know that is that a sign that that Roy Moore lost uh, that is that a sign that the uh, Republicans are uh, on a downward downward spiral and they kind of need to regroup before the next year's midterms, right? Because the Democrats, if they take over the House, Trump's not going to get anything done. He's not getting anything done now, apart from pissing off the entire world. The but entire- the, 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 <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. You know, like I like to think that if. If de- if a Democrat can win in Alabama of all places, mm. then there yeah. is hope. First time twenty. But like then years. again, you know, with the whole it's like the, with the whole net neutrality thing, like eighty three percent of Americans, Republicans and Democrats, are like against the repeal of net neutrality. Yet they didn't listen to us. Yeah, they listened to to their you know lobbyists and stuff. And to Ajit Pai, who has a fundamental lack of understanding of how the internet works, right, which right. is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, that's another thing that's just terrible for small business. That goes towards um, another question I had for you because I, you know, last time I was in LA was when the inauguration was happening and everyone was in at the sort of state of disbelief and anger and there were protests going on and, and all that stuff. Mm. What's the climate like there now socially um, that it's you know eleven months later or something? Uh, I mean that kind of heightened rage is that maintained or is that sort of morphed into some sort of jaded jaded cynicism or what is it? Yeah, you know, I think there's definitely the group of people who have gone from, you know, angry to to advocate yeah. to like, you know, you you've, they've made a lot of people who are like protesters and who are now like really in the spirit of that kind of thing too. Yeah, but there's also just a lot of fatigue, man. Right, it's like the yeah, it's to have because normally after an election, it's like the political cycle kind of like dies down a little bit and people can go back to their business. But now it's like. Every single day, there's something. Yeah, and it's just like, and it, it's clearly if you have any semblance of a brain, not good. <laughs> yeah, you know? obviously, yeah. yeah. And it's amazing how I mean that's not a facetious comment. It is literally every day something happens. Every single like, day, what the yeah. fuck is going on? Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I you know, I, I I feel the fatigue. I'm 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 tired of it. I'm like, well, you know, what can I I call? You know, I vote. Yeah, I sign petitions. You know, I'll I'll march. What what else can a guy do? Except for a drink. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you know? Do you have you know a, a headspace that you try and get into to to have some version of hope or to try and see things in a bigger picture to get yourself through it? 
That's a good oh, question. That's a um, sad question. It's like, yeah, a sad is, question. There, is there well, any hope left? Well, yeah, but it's an important question. It's an important question because, you know, everyone is talking about all the bad news. But, you know, I mean, what I often think about is what happens in about three years from now when we've got a new president. Yeah. Is this going to give the country a, uh, look, an opportunity to get back I on its feet again? you're going to have a new president within six see, months and it's going to be Pence. And then exactly. You're, and then you're <laughs> fucked. So about, it's like, how do you have hope when there's the reality that Trump could have another seven years from now yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah that is scary so what, what's so bad about the repeal of of, of um net neutrality so if if i was to, from what i understand about it say this skype call mm-hmm. that we're on right now yeah um there's a possibility in the future we'll have to pay for for this skype call or we might not even be able to use skype if we're on on a different provider than you well you wouldn't put right but you wouldn't pay Skype, you wouldn't pay Microsoft. You would pay your internet service provider right. more money to use this service. Okay, right. Right? Whereas, like, if, if for instance, if Skype, if, if Microsoft made a deal with FaceTime mm-hmm. to only allow FaceTime, or uh, not, like, whoever your internet service provider is. So I have here, we have Time Warner Cable, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Right. And that's who delivers the content or the cable that comes to my house. Yeah. And that's what this is really all about. This is all about the, the content that is coming to the consumers. You know, it, they want to be able to double charge. They want to charge businesses more on, on the back end. And they also want to charge the consumers more as the, at the, at the end. Right. Um, so basically they, if, if, the, if that ISP made a deal with FaceTime over Skype, they could say, well, you you you're on Time Warner, so you're not allowed to use Skype any longer. Right. Okay. Because Skype, one... Skype didn't deal with Time Warner. They didn't do a deal with them. They don't didn't pay yeah. them any money. Right. It's the same way. Like there's some uh, football teams or baseball teams that are not available in certain areas and that kind of stuff. Like certain sports weren't picked up by ESPN, so it's just not broadcast. Like the, I believe the Dodgers are not on a. They don't have like a. a national telecast right right okay. so which is un, kind of unheard of you know but They're the like internet is fans. the internet is so famously hard to control i mean they they've they can't seem to control anything this is one so, way they so can. it's hard to so control can, except for but if they if they try and implement that sort of thing what's to stop some some the only you know, thing, body somewhere else creating a new version of skype the that's only in the thing black, that they you know? can control is access to the internet yeah and that's right what, exactly so the isps they're, they're the access. that's exactly the problem right right yeah. So, and so, that's why it's bad for innovation and that kind of stuff because, like, the little guy who doesn't have the money to compete against, you know, the apples of the world. Yeah. Like we, like if you are making a similar product to them, they can basically force you off because, like, it's not going to be even playing field. Right. So, like, they can pay to have more. You know, because that's the other thing they're they're trying to make it seem like it's slow lanes and fast lanes, but the reality is there's a one or a zero. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's like not lanes. It's just one at a time. You get a one or a zero, and you get it at different speeds. Yeah, you know it can go faster, it can go slow, but that's how that's all, and that's what they're providing to you. Yeah, and so, but they want to say, oh well, we want to be able to make it so that, that so again, Apple has this new product that they're bringing to market that is like a, a website for I don't know selling selling phones right? right and you're trying to sell phones too uh, and yeah. any, this is a terrible example <laughs> what is you, what don't you, you know? just use music because if you if so yeah. apple well, so itunes right they're, they're selling that's actually albums. the only place i see you could help though right okay but but if you are selling music <laughs> from your website from your personal website 
Um, and they slow you down, or you're you're downloading slow. But but mm-hmm. iTunes is a lot faster because they're in a fast lane. Why would people come to your website to buy the album or buy the music when they can get it from iTunes quicker because they've forked out cash? Well, that's the whole that's the whole idea, right? So it, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. So, but then they're by they're 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 forced a forced intermediary too. You know, like they're right. like because what if you want to sell just directly peer to peer or just directly to the consumer? Like that's how a lot of artists yeah. thrive. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like if and to have the necessity of having to go through iTunes, that kind of sucks. Mm. You know. But I mean, it's not just music. I mean, just think about all of right. the the little boutique stores around the place that sell, you know, jewelry and soap or whatever the fuck you know. Who sell yeah. directly off their website? I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Mm. I noticed that you didn't answer my question about hope. Is, I, is there? Yeah, I, <laughs> that's what, like I said. It's hard to have hope when there is perspective. You know. Yeah. There's the prospect of having more of this to come. Right. You know, seven more years or whatever. Although, although some, you know, you you've just been on this amazing tour, and as you pointed out before, it's hard to make a living yeah. as a musician. I'm guessing you're not a millionaire after the tour. Um, no. So the reason why you, the reason why we we still work as musicians, you know, when everything seems to be going against us, is because we love to play, right? We love to work with people we work with. So there, there's a little, Absolutely. there's a little bit of hope right there. There's hope. There's That's a, great. There's something to hold on I to. Love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just answered your question for you. Sort of. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you make, it's you know, it's really, it's. I got I got to work on that. That's because I've I've always felt like I was a pretty even keel, like happy go lucky kind of guy, and yeah, it's it's been kind of tough, man. I feel like I've, everyone's just a little a little darker lately, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's not the way it should be. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I can back you up on that because you're definitely not a downer to be around. You know, like we, we've hung out at great times, um, but there's, I, but I understand, um, I understand what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like there's a whole, there's a whole big giant rock on top of the country over there yeah. right now, and that's that's um, certainly carrying over to those of us who yeah. are in um, mini America, all the rest of us countries that adopt <laughs> adopt the American <laughs> totally. culture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it is it just a a, a result of getting older? I don't know. Oh, Is it a matter you know, of like... I think there might be something to that. I think you literally do yeah. get, get a bit grumpier when you get older. I, I sure. found lately that I've been um, more about... You know, as a youngster, you've been told, you're told to follow the rules and, and stay in your lane and all that kind of crap. But lately, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, for instance, going through an airport, being um, stopped by the security people and them checking your bag, like you said before. Mm-hmm. Part of me goes, who the fuck do you think you are being able to go through my shit? You're not qualified hmm. to do that. Um, you're just a person who's been told that this is the job you're doing. You do it. You go through people's shit. But they think they've got some sort of authority over you. And I, I feel like I'm getting more... Uh, this might be controversial to say, and and I'm just sort of spouting it out as I'm thinking about it. But that guy in, in Vegas, he seems to have snapped, right? Because people are saying, look, he's a lovely guy, a bit of a loner, blah, blah, blah. But at one point, he's probably just gone, fuck it. It's all just too much. There's too much going on. Can't handle the, the the fact that he's getting older. Things are changing around him, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm going to go and do something like that. But um, well, not not again. <laughs> he's like, not yeah. I really identify with that guy. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. But but things like I I can't be fucked with that. Um, you know, people telling me what to do anymore. You know, sure. like yeah. So you do get grumpier and you get older. Yeah. I think, but then again, there are also good reasons right now <laughs> as well. It's like a, yeah, yeah, then there's that, a, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna lie, we definitely had, I definitely had a 
kids these days moment <laughs> two days ago. Oh, really? And I think that was literally something that came out of my mouth was like, oh, yeah, kids these days, they don't want to. <laughs> I don't know. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for um, thank, thank you for popping by. Hopefully I didn't d- totally depress anybody. <laughs> oh, man. It Say is- anything wrong. I, I, you know, what do I know? I'm, I'm not a... Well, now I'm your uh, de facto U.S. political yeah, correspondent. correspondent. Back to you, Danny and Bobby. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. All right, guys. Nice. It's great catching up, man. Nice to talk to you guys. Good cool. stuff, man. Cheers, Take guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for um, coming back and talking to us, Brad. It was great to catch up. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. Thanks so much. And thank you. And, to... and that motherfucker can play the shit out of a drum set. Oh, yeah. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when I first saw him live at a little club in Hollywood. And yeah. I was like, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Just leans in. He's also about, I think he's about nine feet tall. Right. So he okay. towers over his kits. It's ah. quite spectacular. Yeah. Um, so check this out. Thanks to... Alistair and Jaden from LA, Molly from Molly and the Chromatics, Brandon Dickett from Save Ferris, Nick Portman, Tom Stanley, Right Side of the Tracks, Mark Rains, The Big Idea. Thanks also to Scotty Pearson, Cherie Matheson, Dave Erringer, Guy Massey, Lucy Graves, Alex Layton, Ryan Cooper, Rachel LaFond, Tommy Emmanuel, and Michelle Becker. But hey, let me just say thank you for all the hard work that you do on this podcast because oh, you, you do so much behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, people don't realise it is a lot of work it is. for you yeah. um, to do. And... Um, <laughs> So, yeah, you're doing a great job, man. I oh, appreciate you. it. Thank yeah. you, dude. It's been yeah. fun. Yeah, it, and plenty more, hopefully. And and it was a lot of work to coordinate this episode, so thank you so much for doing that. Pleasure. Um, Pleasure. Thank yeah. you. I yeah. can see how, how difficult it is sometimes. It's, yeah, it's challenging, but it's rewarding. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah. We don't know when we'll come back in the new year, but we certainly mm. will come back. Yep. yep. Um, so, um, sorry, that's not a threat. <laughs> I, don't mean to, I don't mean to threaten you just before Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a bit of North Korean in that tone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we are looking forward to um, talking to, to people again next year. It's, it's, it really does not feel like we've been doing this for two years, but no. um, long may it continue. Absolutely. And uh, and Merry Christmas to you and, and the first Christmas with your new family. Which yeah, is, thank you. must be an exciting thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually literally going, other than the gig we do when we're going away over New Year's, yeah. I'm looking forward to actually just doing nothing. Right, yeah. But just being at home with the wife and baby and... Um, milling around the house absolutely well yeah. I hope you enjoy it and um, I hope everyone out there stays safe and has a great summer period yeah, yeah. and thank you to our listeners out you know uh, the core group of people who come back week after week or fortnight after fortnight and absolutely. download and yep. um, And we'd love to get some of your feedback anything good bad or ugly yep. um, and let us know you know you've got some ideas tell us about those um, we've got some ideas about who we want to talk to next year we will be back yep. next year that's absolutely. not a threat <laughs> Um, it's a it's a promise. Um, you can take it as a threat if you, if want. you want. If you don't like us, then it's a total threat. <laughs> oh, those guys are coming back. Yeah. Fuck! I thought this was signing out for the eternity. No, we will be back, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. We just me too. Yeah, yeah. You wicked. Cool. Oh, I'll see you in 2018. Later's. If you find what we're doing useful and you like this podcast please do like share and subscribe and give us a review on itunes